Welcome to the Out What Now podcast. I'm your host, Megs Pulvermacher, and each week I'll be bringing you stories, interviews, and insightful conversations with queer folks, much like yourself, about how they've navigated the ups and downs of their coming out journeys so you can do the same while learning to love yourself more fully and live more boldly and authentically. Wherever you are in your coming out journey, know that you're right where you're supposed to be, you're loved, and we're so excited to be on the journey with you. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Out What Now podcast. I'm super pumped to be hanging with you for yet another day and another inspiring episode in our Chosen Family series. And are you thinking, um, this is not Meg's voice? You are absolutely correct. My name is Amanda Barchenfeld, and I am guest hosting today. I am Megan's girlfriend, and I am putting her in the hot seat. Um, so if you caught yesterday's episode, you learned a little about me there. If you haven't listened yet, uh, please do and let me know what you thought about it, what you learned. i um, happy to hear from you on Instagram or um, just shoot me a message. Um, but really, enough about me. Today, I'm putting Megs in the hot seat. So without further ado, I'll kick you over to our conversation. everybody. We're here today with Megan Pulvermacher. You might know her as Megs because she is the host of this very podcast. (laughs) Happy happy to have you today, Megan. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. This is really exciting and new and different. I'm a little nervous though. You should be. (laughs) This is going to be tough and um, no, it'll be, it'll be so fun. You love fun. Yeah. You wouldn't sign up for anything less. It's an actual requirement. Yeah. If this is not fun, I will leave. I will walk off set. Okay. Set being my (laughs) dining room. (laughs) All right. So um, starting us off with, you know, how you identify, you know, anybody who's listened to the dozens and dozens of episodes of um, this podcast knows about you already. Um, So if you want, I would love to hear what are one or two... Um, identities that the fans might not know about you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, like Amanda said, in like several parts of this episode say, my name is Megs. <laughs> my pronouns are she, her. I um, identify in many ways. If I was going to think about labels, that is definitely... I would say evolved over time, largely because of my comfort level with different words. Lesbian has always felt like a really kind of a gross word to me. There's something about it, but I'm definitely a lesbian and (laughs) (laughs) honestly pretty excited about it. But um, gay landed with me really, really well for a number of years. And I would say over the past year, queer has really started to resonate with me, not because necessarily of like a change in my orientation but just the well one it's easier to say than lgbtqia2s plus um 
for the purposes of things like a podcast and the amount of time I spend talking about it. But also I just find that it leaves me open to evolution as an ever evolving being and human. So that really resonates with me, but I don't get too shaken up about uh, labels for myself or anyone else, which is great. Um, Other ways I identify. uh, I am a big Packer fan. Arguably the biggest water comes out of my face sometimes when Mm -hmm. I see them, particularly up close. Uh, And... Um, that is definitely an identity that you have to be strong in when you live in Minnesota. Um, I identify as something that people might not know about me. I don't know that it's something that they don't know about me, but one of the primary ways I think people identify me or recognize me or things that come to mind when they think about me. Fun is one of the things that comes top of mind. Fun, high energy, whatever. And I really also identify as a very intellectual, insightful person who likes to be left alone, (laughs) which I don't think most people would suspect or I mean, when you listen to my podcast, obviously there there's a level of insight that I share about experiences and I'm a psychologist and people know that, but fun, high energy is so like kind of slap you in the face that I think a lot of times my professional skills and insights and some of the deeper layers of things I know mm-hmm. and believe and like to talk about sort of get overlooked. So I would say I identify as a uh, an intermittently introverted, insightful intellectual. Mm, love that. And I think it would surprise um, some of the fans, especially people who have, you know, heard your episodes, seen your Instagram or videos. Um, you know, I like to think about social media as like it's someone's highlight reel and you're not thinking about then um, – what's happening when the camera's not on. So thanks for sharing that with, yeah. with the group. And, well, and it's one of the nice things about the podcast is I get to tap into that part of myself a little bit. And it's really hard to dig into all of the layers that might come with something deeper, you know, like in a caption or in a 15 second Instagram story. It's It can be tough to relay all the layers that go into Mm -hmm. a thought. So a lot of times it's easier to just like do a dance, (laughs) (laughs) you know, or like uh, post a thoughtful meme with a song that has one or two words that go along with the theme, Mm -hmm. which is kind of my MO on Instagram. Yeah. And listeners, if you don't follow at Meg's the connector, please do highly recommend. (laughs) Not to be disappointed. (laughs) Okay. So I'm really excited to ask you this question. Um, I know that you're using this question throughout this um, series. And I'm especially excited to ask it because I invented it. Yes, you did. (laughs) It's very well written. (laughs) All right. When is the last time you came out? 
full disclosure, we were talking about this before we hit record and I was trying to think, I'm pretty sure it was on Friday. I had this really interesting conversation at work on Friday. And if you don't know, now you do. I work as a school psychologist for, you know, a good chunk of my days um, and have been doing that for the past 10 years. And I was having a conversation with a couple of folks that I don't really work with on a daily basis. They've been in education for, I would say, 20 years apiece, probably. And I happen to be in the media center with them. And I was working on this abstract I needed to write for a speaking engagement, a panel that I'm hosting coming up in January that's about supporting queer colleagues in the workplace. And I was talking to them about, uh, well, well, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about our trip, mine and Amanda's trip to Puerto Vallarta over Thanksgiving. We um, talked about my, some of the content and like the angle I was trying to go at with this speaking engagement or whatever. And I was trying to explain to them why I thought it was important. And so I don't think I was coming out to them in a way that was like, by the way, I'm queer because it's pretty obvious because of all of the things that I talk about. I've mentioned my girlfriend in several meetings that I've been in with them, you know, over the years. But one of the things that I came out to them about was when I had worked in a previous district my first year as a school psychologist, which was in 2012, and how isolating it was and how like what a dark time that was in my life because I was so alone and closeted because I wasn't out at work and how it impacted the way I was able to show up as a professional, the way I was able to show up as a coach. I was coaching softball at the time, which, you know, they don't, but like, okay, stereotype, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I think there were a lot of, we covered a great deal of ground in this very odd unplanned conversation, but that part I've, noticed just in their reaction was like very light bulb for them. And Mm. I don't talk to a lot of people about, I haven't told that story very many times because I don't care to revisit it that many times. I've told it on this podcast. Um, If you go back to last year's, I believe it's a November 3rd. It's my two part birthday episode. I talk about the kind of the dark years or whatever. Um, But I kind of, came out to them as not this happy, confident, boldly authentic queer person in the workplace Mm -hmm. because I haven't always felt safe to do that. So yeah. Friday, 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 December 3rd is the last (laughs) time I came out. I suppose, um, when it's, when it's not, um, people that we work with or people that we, uh, like kind of know, um, I suppose it was otherwise yesterday, Saturday, when I make you hold my hand in the mall nonstop. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone at the Mall of America. I suppose so. (laughs) Mall of America, December 4th. (laughs) If we ever need this for like an alibi, now we've got it. (laughs) We didn't do it. (laughs) 
Okay, so the next question I have for you is um, just really thinking of the the theme of this uh, series. I'm curious, what does chosen family mean to you? Mm. I'm really excited about this series because I think chosen family means a lot of, I know you asked what it means to me, but it means a lot of different things to different people. For some people, chosen family is something that exists because they've lost Mm -hmm. their blood DNA family for whatever reason. If it's uh, death, if it's a result of their coming out, if it's whatever the situation is, Mm -hmm. it can vary. We, and I think um, that's kind of a, you didn't choose to have chosen family. Yes. Kind of a situation. And then you have other people who have experiences where their family is still in their lives, but it's a very stressful situation. It requires a lot more energy. It creates yeah, just a need. I don't know a better way to say it. A need for more energy to keep yourself at baseline in order to be around them, which doesn't mean you don't love them. And it could be for any reason, any number of reasons. All families are, you know, mm-hmm. have their thing, are messed up in a certain way by, you know, whatever messed up means. If we're all messed up, then what even is normal? But mm-hmm. um, where you have people or groups of people where you f- maybe feel safe in different ways. Like you can go home and it feels homey and you have that familiar food or the familiar activities, but where do you really feel safe and authentic? And like, you can do those things. And I think that's certainly a reality for many people in the queer community and just for humans for any number of reasons. So um, there's that. And then there's people who have great family situations and who just also have all of these different people in their lives who lift them up, who help them be their best, who um, make them feel loved and safe. And they happen to have proximity to those people where they can spend times in traditionally familial ways, like dinners, events, celebrations, those kinds of things. And so to me, it can mean all of those things for me personally, I have a, an evolving, ever evolving family situation where I know my parents, my family, generally speaking, but like my immediate family, my parents, my brother love me very much. I know that that has been, that has always been a constant, but there is, an element where I have needed to tap into other people in my life. You talk about board of direct personal board of directors a lot. And there have been a lot of different points in my life where um, when I've had, like I was saying, traditional familial times or events that have come up like a holiday Mm -hmm. or something like that, where I've had a lot of backup plans because I didn't know if I was going to be able to emotionally handle going home mm-hmm. or having a place to kind of have refuge where I wasn't sitting by myself when I would come home because it would 
it used to take me a very long time to emotionally recover from a trip home. So I needed to have um, those people in my life, whether they were friends or extended family who are like closer in proximity or um, I've had a lot of, a lot of great connections at work because I happen to work in a helping profession. So people are pretty cool. Um, But I've that kind of chosen family where, yeah, I can go home and I can be parts of me, but it's required a lot of energy. There have, I've always had pockets of people where I could be entirely me. It doesn't mean I always showed up that way, but I would have been able to, and I felt the most safe. Mm -hmm. So I think chosen family to me means where you can have fun and you can feel safe. Also known as the Meg's guarantee. (laughs) That's right. um, But I think that's what it means to me. And they're the people who, you know, you didn't, aren't legally bound Mm -hmm. to give a shit about you. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you've created too with this, with your podcast overall is helping people um, just kind of uh, get a glimpse into your life, hearing other people's stories. And I'm saying that because over, you know, the past two years with the pandemic, regardless of whether it's blood family, friend family, whatever, um, just travel hasn't looked the same. Um, hanging out with people in real life hasn't looked the same. So what you've done is you've created something really special um, where, you know, your family can be right there in someone's ears mm-hmm. at any time. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, right in your ear holes. <laughs> we all appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you talked about it a little bit, but I would like to dig in a little deeper, like specifically around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, what comes up for you this time of year? Yeah, I guess I did tap that a little bit. I skipped a little bit ahead of the agenda there, but um, what comes up for me or even this year specifically? Yeah, let's do this year. This year is very different. I'm different. I'm, and I, talked about this, you know, in my 35th birthday episode. If you haven't listened to it, you can <laughs> head on back and listen to um, some of the reflections that I have because I'm I'm just moving into what I would expect will be the next best year of my life because the last one I'm I just have um, grown so much as uh human and the way that I show up for myself and my business and in my relationship and with my family, which is, has always been like, that's the holiday thing for me. Like in December, I've not really thought about the new year as it were, or like getting to that goal setting place or, Oh, when the new year comes around, I mean, maybe like, well, when the new year comes, I'm going to like lose some weight or something at different points in my life. But largely it's been like getting, (laughs) getting through the craziness that is education between Thanksgiving and Christmas and then getting through the holiday. And now I find myself, 
in a space of being excited for the holidays, largely because I get to spend it with you. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel so much more confident in who I am. And I love myself so much more than I did a year ago, which I think has created a lot more space for other people, including my family members. Yes. To fully love me. And we kind of talked about this. I don't know how much I talked about it on the podcast, but we went to Richland Center. Amanda came with me in July. And that was the first time that I've brought a girlfriend, a partner to a family thing as my partner or as my girlfriend. And that was a very scary thing for me to do. But um, it helped because you're so strong and um, supportive and everything, which is a big piece of it. Um, But we talked about after that, how welcoming and loving and just kind of normal my family was about it and how I think you brought up that it kind of me not being weird about it gave them space Mm -hmm. to not be weird about it. And I let them into a part of my life that I have kept in a lockbox from them, like steel walls, bars, Mm -hmm. everything, all the stuff that I have. We just got done watching a ton of Handmaid's Tales. So those are my (laughs) analogies right now. But um, like I have had that wall up very solidly because it hasn't, it didn't go well probably once or twice uh, when relationships came up. And so I've kept that part of my life from people who love me very much, like my mom, my dad, my brother, my grandparents, Mm -hmm. my aunts and uncles, people who really, really love me and wanted to be able to love all of me, but I wasn't really giving them that opportunity. And it went really well. And it's just, you know, one shot, anything can happen, but um, I'm excited this year for the holidays to go home, to hang out with your family, to go and share the things that I really enjoy and love about spending time with my family, mm-hmm. with you, and to get to do it together and to kind of move more forward into, okay, I love myself more now, so now I'm ready to let you love me more for who I am as a whole person too, which is a new thing. Mm-hmm. And lucky them. I guess. Because <laughs> the podcast is really the most in, I think, mm-hmm. they've gotten. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really quite in because this is it's that kind of podcast. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to um, be with you and with everyone too. I think it'll be fun. And yeah, I I mean, how could it not be? I don't know if it's not relieving because as we know, (laughs) it's one of the requirements. (laughs) All right, cool. So you um, mentioned your birthday episode that you did a month ago um, where you did some, you know, it was personal reflections of the past year kind of advice um, for folks too. I'd like to take this to, um, you know, a little bit different angle along the same line, but when it comes to your business, Mm. um, what's your biggest takeaway or two from 2021? 
I think my biggest takeaway is that I'm way further along than I allow myself to believe that I am. My impact, which is the whole name of a leg of my business, is far greater than I will ever be able to measure. People are listening and watching and taking away um, just really making big changes because of things that I've shared, spaces I've created, little things that feel small and daily to me at this point that make a big, big difference for them. And less is more, Mm. more often than not. Because I think the inclination tendency is to think well, if I want to charge more or I want to make more money or I want to make a greater impact, I need to do more, more, more. I need to offer more meetups. I need to offer more follow-ups. I need to, you know, follow, or uh, what am I trying to say? Um, There needs to be more. And one of the things I've been working on is preserving more of my energy to make the time I'm spending with the people I'm serving far more impactful by having energy actually conserved mm-hmm. that rather than, you know, doing three meetups a week and trying to serve as many people as possible and fit everyone else's schedule and doing whatever, really tapping into when is my energy best? When am I going to be able to serve best? When am I, um, what do I feel like I'm in my zone of genius the most Mm -hmm. or the most aligned in that way? And as I've reduced the amount that I remind, offer my availability and like taking out some of the complexities that, that go into the way that I happen to make things, um, I've been far more rested happy, energetic, and successful at attracting the kind of people that I want Mm -hmm. into my circle who I want to serve. Yeah. And when you do that, you're better able to um, have that ripple effect that you talked about that then just continues to make a bigger impact and it just keeps going. So exactly, that's really cool. That's the ticket. Yes. 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 (laughs) So, um, (laughs) For your business, again, what are you most excited about for 2022? And what do you want all of us to, you know, get excited about with you? Mm. Well, I'll start with the podcast. I'm excited for the the podcast to continue to add different elements of uh, pieces to the episodes to maybe structure them in different, exciting, cool ways to get more listener interaction with maybe some Q&A ops Mm. and um, 
some different opportunities to interact with the guests. I'm excited um, to uh, with Queer Impact Collective, which if you're not familiar with the Queer Impact Collective, is the community that I run. It's an international online community for queer identifying entrepreneurs, creatives, and change makers. <laughs> All with the goal of amplifying queer voices and empowering queer missions. And it is pretty dope. And right now it's all virtual. And one of my goals, one of the things that I am going to make happen, I don't know exactly how it's going to look or even really what the steps are, but I know that it's what I want and I do know it's possible, um, is I'm going to start moving this in the direction of creating a global brand that has both virtual opportunities for, because that's one of the cool things about the Queer Impact Collective is in one meetup, we have people all the way from, you know, California to France and everywhere in between talking about business stuff and, um, and queerness within the business space and all of that. But I think there's a lot of power in uh, local connection too, face-to-face connection as it becomes you know, more safe and something that we're able to do. But I want to establish local chapters internationally, but my goal is to have um, five physical local chapters of Queer Impact Collective in the States by the end of 2022 and to do that by building capacity in the folks who are going to lead those chapters to hold space and to start creating this greater community that can live online and we're ready in the event that another pandemic rolls in or something like that. A pandemic is a pandemic. And, um, but also creates this kind of this really intimate sort of regionally relevant experience that can create ripple effects within cities, regions, and all of that good stuff. So business chosen family. Indeed. Business chosen family. So that is one of my goals. I don't know the how, but I do know the what and I do know the why. That's awesome. Um thanks for putting it out there in the universe. Thanks for putting it into our ear holes so that we can also, um, you know, think of ways to lift you up, cheerlead, um, cause we're all in this to help each other succeed. So I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited. That's really cool. Dab on that. Uh, Megan is dabbing. For Double all dab. If you wondering. <laughs> all right. My final question for you. Yes. I'm not sure if you've ever heard this question before, so. I hope it's a gift. (laughs) If I were, if I were to purchase you a billboard. I love it so far. (laughs) For all to see Mm -hmm. as they're passing by. Yes. What would it say or look like? Mm. It would probably be bright orange because I love orange. Um, And. I think it would say, find the perfection in it because (laughs) 
<laughs> Have you ever heard me say that? No. Yeah. It would say find the perfection in it, which is something I learned from my she a life coach, my coach, Andrew Parker, who gets a shout out, I guess, every episode now. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I have learned, particularly in the past year, year and a half-ish or so, is everything that happens, you can learn something from it, you can glean something from it, and finding the perfection in that outcome. Because energy isn't created or destroyed, it just moves around, right? And so whatever happens, there's always going to be a positive and a negative to it. And so if you can find the perfection, the opportunity that a no gave you, mm-hmm. the um, thing that a yes kept you from going down a weird path that would have been bad, uh, uh, suboptimal for whatever reason. Um, but if you can find the perfection in whatever situation you're in, be it uh something that you always wanted and it feels like you've achieved some kind of success or something that's really challenging and kind of dragging you down. There is always perfection in the situation, something you can learn, something you can grow from, something that you can use to help guide others. There's, um, I think if you can find the perfection in it, you'll always be okay. That's powerful. I love that. And I hadn't heard it before. So thanks for that. Surprise. I want to drive past that orange billboard. <laughs> Christmas is coming up. Well, um, <laughs> surprise. Not only am I buying you a billboard, we're going to make mugs. We're going to make stickers. We're going to make t-shirts. That's right. It's going to be on everything. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that was my last official question. Do you want to take us home with a little quick wrap up? I sure do. I want to thank you for taking the reins. You look great in the headphones. <laughs> thank um, you. Very professional, like you've been there always. And i um, super grateful for you. And I want to thank all the listeners for listening always, but particularly hanging with us for today. It's a little bit of a longer episode because I get tend to be a little rambly, especially on my own show. Um, but we appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning in. Catch us back here tomorrow for another episode. Until then, keep it queer out there. Later. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to the Out What Now podcast today. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so, so much to me if you could take the time to leave a five-star rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And if you know someone who could use the message you heard in today's episode, please, please, please share it with them so that we can get this message out to as many people as possible. Thanks so much for being you and keep it queer out there.